This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for a look back on today's match. This is the Full-Time Report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. Atlanta United is brought to you by Piedmont Quick Care. One stop to better. Country Financial. Don't get overwhelmed. Get started at takesimplesteps.com. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Heineken. Aaron's. The perfect choice for your budget and style with top brands in furniture, electronics, and appliances. Scanna. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. ET&T. More for your thing. That's our thing. Associated Credit Union. Equifax. Proud partner of your Atlanta United and your local Ford dealer. Our Atlanta United are on Star 94-1. So for the sixth time this year and the fourth time at home, Atlanta United gives up a late goal to drop points in total control of this match against Toronto. Toronto works a free kick off a kind of stumbling 50-50 ball that turned into a foul from 35 yards away. The free kick gets recycled to Jordan Peruzza. He scores, and it ends 1-1 in a match where Atlanta United certainly uh, felt like they were deserving of three points tonight. It, it, very similar feel to the, the whole match played against Toronto in the playoffs in 2019 where Atlanta United had control but did not get the result. Now, that is, as I said, six times this year Atlanta United has dropped points from a leaning position with 15 minutes or fewer to play for a loss of 13 points. Now, Atlanta United on four occasions this year have uh, earned points from an even or trailing position in the final 15 minutes. So the net points in this situation, Jason, where a goal is scored late from a, a leading or trailing position or even position. The net points is minus six. If Atlanta United had those six points, uh, they would be on 53 right now. They'd be second in the East. Right. If you had all of those. Now, I'm sure you can look at everybody and find what that net would be, which would be a really interesting metric, actually. But say you take half, you know, then you're in a very comfortable position tied on points for third, fourth, fifth. 
instead of being in a not comfortable position with two games on the road to finish out the season. Yes, one is in Cincinnati, and they have not found a win in a long time, but you can't take anything for granted. The other one is Wednesday at Red Bull Arena, a team that has always proven to be difficult for Atlanta United and a team that is in very good form right now and coming in off of a win. All right, uh, man of the match brought to you by Heineken. Luis Arruj, who had the goal in the 15th minute for Atlanta United on a, a big mistake by Quentin Westberg, the Toronto goalkeeper. But it was the pressure of Arruj that forced Westberg into that mistake. And Arruj now has three goals in his last four matches. And the match in which he did not have a goal in that span, he had an assist. So a goal, two shots, one on target, led the team in key passes with five, uh, and really caused a lot of problems for Toronto for most of this match tonight. Yeah, he gets the goal and, and he makes it himself. He also creates a number of chances for others, five leading both teams in that statistic. Luis Araujo, like a lot of Atlanta United's attackers, left some things on the table tonight. I, I thought the dribbling at times wasn't up to par, wasn't up to the, the level that we expect from Araujo, from Barco, from Moreno. Araujo didn't fare well in his dribbling duels consistently tonight two of seven that's a, that's a low number for him but he did create the goal after you know a start where Atlanta was kind of struggling to find a rhythm and they didn't need a rhythm to get that goal sometimes and that's something I think this team is still learning they have to be able to create their own luck in those moments and Against Red Bulls, where the play is going to be choppy, that's just what the Red Bulls do to teams, you're going to have to create your own luck in moments. You're going to have to force turnovers. Sometimes it's going to look ugly, but if the ball's in the back of the net, it doesn't matter. And the only person for Atlanta United to put it in the back of the net tonight was Luis Araujo. So he's the man of the match brought to you by Heineken. The statistical recap brought to you by Piedmont, official health care partner of Atlanta United. And, and these are the nights where the statistics – are really going to frustrate you when you see that this ended in a non-win. Shots were 19-11 to 11 Atlanta. Shots on target were 8 for Toronto. But I stress again, almost all of those shots were from outside the 18. Yes. Possession was 58-42 Atlanta. Key passes 15-10 to 10 Atlanta. Expected goals 2.6 to 0 0.9 Atlanta. That 0 0.9, I think, demonstrates the uh, lack of quality in those Toronto uh, chances tonight. The corners were... Eight, one Atlanta. Atlanta called for 11 fouls. Toronto just seven and only two in the second half. And Toronto won 55% of the duels, which is a number that looks pretty big right now. Mm -hmm. We were talking about it during the break, and I think Pineda is going to get questions about why didn't you make subs? You went right. down with four left. And, and the only reason why I would ask that question, well, really two reasons. I think from about 60 minutes on, you saw a real drop in the pace of this match both ways, not just with Atlanta, but right. a real drop in the pace of this match. And Atlanta United was, by choice, leaving themselves in a little bit of an exposed situation in the midfield because you were using Mateus Josetu as your holding midfielder, and that was it. You didn't have a Sadich or Santi Sosa who was out tonight or Mo Adams or anything like that. I just wonder, and I'll continue to wonder aloud, if a another substitution or two would have been the safe play for Pineda to make as this march towards the 90th minute and Atlanta United was protecting a one-goal lead. That's what's so weird about this game because 
if Toronto was creating a number of chances from the middle of the park, outplaying Atlanta in that portion of the pitch, I'd be with you. I, I think that that would point you to the fact that they needed to bring on a second holding midfielder to secure that portion of the field. Toronto really wasn't. The, the goal wasn't from the run of play. It's, it's a recycled free kick. The initial free kick was played in. It's cleared and then played back in. The goal is given up because the back line tries to catch offside Dom Dwyer instead of winning the ball being played back in by Jaden Nelson, which I, I think at that portion of the match, in that moment, it's not about an offside trap. It, it's about going up and winning a header, and that was all that was needed there. Could a sub have changed it to where Atlanta found the second goal? Yes. And I think that question is where I'm at in terms of looking at subs. And we talked about it about the 60th minute in the, in the match. You know, they needed some energy. They did bring on Jake Mulraney. He brought some energy. But could they have made another sub to go find goal number two? I don't think they needed a sub to just sit back and defend. And I don't think that was the intention. And frankly, in the run of play, I don't think they needed any extra help to defend. There was a bad decision. I think Anton Walks is involved in it. Others are involved in it because they're all trying to step up rather than just winning a chipped-in ball to the back post that I think is the easier play. Do you have to scramble to win the second ball? Possibly, yes. But rather than trying to rely on the AR and your timing to catch a player offside there, I'm surprised that at that portion of the match they went for that kind of a play. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back with the highlights next. Atlanta United and Toronto playing to a 1-1 draw on Star 94. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back, 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 back to the full-time report. On the rhythm of Atlanta, the new star 94. United dropping points at the end of another home match. They settle for a 1-1 draw against Toronto, conceding in the 89th minute. Gonzalo Pineda has been speaking to the media for the last few minutes. Is he still going? Let's listen in downstairs if you can. De cerrar el juego con más volantes o poniendo un defensor central extra porque la presión está muy fuerte. Hoy no fue el caso. Hoy no sentía la presión al final del partido, por eso preferí continuar 
con una eh, formación ofensiva que nos permitiera anotar en, al último del partido algún otro gol. Con la calidad que tenía adelante, yo pensaba que íbamos a poder anotar bastantes más goles y, y no lo hicimos. Tres, son tres preguntas muy, muy sencillas. El estado físico de Joseph lo veo eh, un poco estático en el campo. Segundo, eh, su opinión acerca de la anulación del gol de Barco, eh, anulado por posible fuera de juego. Y la tercera pregunta, de acuerdo a lo que usted mismo decía, de ser más de ataque, eh, a la hora de, de mantener el resultado... ¿Cuál cree usted que sería el beneficio de mantener el ataque y quizás no de mantener el balón controlado en el medio campo? Ah, bueno, la primera, eh, efectivamente, Joseph, eh, lo he dicho en otras ocasiones, es, es un jugador que siempre quiere estar en la cancha y que lo que me da Joseph con su presencia en el área nos ayuda mucho. Hoy quizás no estuvo fino para anotar ese gol, sobre todo en las ocasiones del primer tiempo que tuvo. Eh, hubo un par también en el segundo tiempo pero hoy no anduvo fino, pero lo que me da Joseph es algo muy importante. Es verdad que físicamente eh, por las lesiones no ha estado eh, quizás al 100% al final del partido y es lo que trato de manejar con él, pero sentí que era importante seguir teniendo a Joseph en la, en, en la cancha los últimos momentos porque es un jugador muy peligroso en que, y que en cualquier momento nos puede dar un gol. Lo de Barco, eh, no he visto la jugada, no, no, he pude, no he podido verla, he hablado más con los jugadores, eh, y, y, y no sé, no sé, ustedes dirán, quizás ustedes tengan mejor opinión que yo si, si estuvo bien anulado o no. Eh, y después esto de qué, qué es lo mejor. Yo creo que no hay mejor o peor en, en, en lo general. Creo que hay momentos de los partidos donde veo la necesidad de cerrar el juego con más, quizás más volantes, y lo he hecho en otras ocasiones. De hecho, he sido criticado por hacer eso. Y, y cuando no sale, pero cuando sale nadie habla de ello, eh, pero lo he hecho en otras ocasiones, cerrando con un 5-3-1-1, 5-3-2, poniendo a tres volantes para tener más. Ok, uh, my español is not so great. I'll, so I'll, I'll give you the gist, and I am not good at this, so uh, I'm probably going to be extremely general with, with what I was able to, to take from that. Um, and combined with a little bit of what we heard off the air right. as and, well. And just to interrupt, we did hear the majority of the press conference in English while we were in commercials, so that's yeah. where the summary comes from. And I, I think the first part that, that you guys heard on the full-time report in Spanish kind of reiterated some things that, that were said in English as well about the, the conversation, whether you know the team was in control, would subs have changed anything, how did Gonzalo Pineda feel about that situation? And he was very clear um, in both languages that he felt like the team played well tonight and he can be happy with the way they played and not happy with the result. Those are, are two separate things. Um, question about Joseph, and, and, and I think Pineda was trying to stress that Joseph's presence inside the 18, his presence in the attack is very important in those moments. Uh, it, it is going to be a question whether he'll be able to go on Wednesday at Red Bull Arena on short rest after going 90 tonight. Um, it, it's kind of where things were. A lot of questions about the lack of subs. And, you know, Gonzalo Pineda was, was kind of where I was with this about the situation with would subs have changed anything? Toronto had three shots after the 70th minute. 
that's it. They had four shots in the second half. Atlanta outshot Toronto 9-4 in the second half. I, I don't think it was a run-of-play issue. I, I really don't. Um, Gonzalo continually stressed it, and, and he's right, and we talked about it as well. Second goal puts the game away. A second goal puts the game away, and there were a number of quality chances to put the second goal away. One looked like it was the second goal, a beautiful chip from Ezekiel Barco that was ruled offside, I think correctly. I think the initial ball in the sequence was offside. They looked at it. It was held up. The The flag did go up on the field in that situation. Outside of that, Joseph Martinez had a huge opportunity inside the 18 that he put over the bar. There were times where it felt like it was one move or one pass or one kind of dummy run too many in the final third. And if Atlanta gets the second goal, we're not having the rest of this conversation. Honestly, even with that, I think Atlanta should have gotten out of here with a 1-0 win, a win that you're not ecstatic with, but you take the three points and you bank them. But it's a set piece that isn't defended well. And it's a foul that you know, was kind of a, a tic-tac foul, wasn't really necessary in that moment. Anton Walks can't get caught in that situation with Jacob Schaffelberg. And it's, you know, out of nowhere, Toronto finds a goal. And Atlanta has had that happen too many times this year. There's, there's differences, though, in terms of do subs allow you to see a game out or do players on the field need to make plays in those moments to see a game out? Tonight felt like much more of the latter to me. I, I don't think it was a sub-issue. I think it was the players on the field have to do better in that moment. They have to bury second goal, and they have to defend better in the, the set-piece moment. All right, let's go through how it all played out. Atlanta United getting their only goal of the match in the 15th minute. This is the hot play of the match brought to you by Scana. As Luis Arujo applies enough pressure to Toronto goalkeeper Quentin Westberg to force a big, big mistake. Here's Morrow now in a jam in the near corner. Chased by Aruju. Back pass Westberg. Westberg dispossessed by Aruju, who scores! An absolute howler by the Toronto goalkeeper, and Aruju gets a gift. Another goal for the Brazilian to put Atlanta United up 1 0. Now, Atlanta United had plenty of chances. To build on the lead, Marcelino Moreno slipped the shot just wide of the far post at the end of the first half. In the second half, I mentioned after about the one-hour mark, it felt like the pace of this match slackened dramatically. In the 50th minute, this was probably the last best chance of the game for Atlanta United, and it came from Joseph Martinez. Here's a good ball down the right wing, running onto it now and crossing to Joseph, who puts it over the crossbar. That was a cross by Brooks Lennon, ball sent up to him by Luis Aruju. So not 2-0, not the kill shot. And then Toronto, they work a free kick in kind of an unusual situation where um, uh, Anton Walks has called for a foul. With, I think it was, was it Schaffelberg who kind of stumbled. It's Schaffelberg who is running down a long ball out of the back, a, a hopeful ball from Quentin Westberg, the goalkeeper. I think it was on a free kick on an offside decision. Plays it long. Schaffelberg and walks collide. Foul called, and it's a free kick, what, 30 yards from goal? Right, yes. It, it wasn't offside. It was a, a shot by Barco that was saved. Actually, it was goal kick. Goal it kick. was goal there kick go. that, that uh, Westberg took quickly. So, yes, as Jason described, they get the foul. And then Toronto works this recycled free kick for a goal to uh, scratch out a 1-1 draw. 
Delgado and Schaffelberg standing over the ball again. 35 yards away, Schaffelberg with a pitch to the penalty spot, well handled by Franco, who clears. Out to Jaden Nelson, sent back into the near post this time. Dwyer flicks across the face of goal, and they score! Peruzza! It's happened again! I do not believe it! Atlanta United has done it again! I just cannot believe how it continues to happen! And it is giving up points right at the death. And um, again, I mean, here's the full context of it. And it goes both ways. You do pick up points at Mm -hmm. the end of matches, too. Uh, But Atlanta United dropping points in the final 15 minutes this year at Miami. That was a draw. Home to Nashville, a draw. Home to Philadelphia, a draw. Remember, they were up 2-0. At Orlando, they were up 2-1 and lost. New York City last Wednesday, a draw. Toronto tonight, a draw. 13 points they've dropped from a leading position in the final 15 minutes. They did, however, gain two points against Montreal home, one point at Seattle, Mm -hmm. two points at D.C., and two points at home to Miami on the Joseph penalty. So they pick up seven points. They lose 13 it's a net loss of six points, and I'll just say again, if Atlanta United had those six points, they'd be on 53 right now. That'd be second in the East, and, and Jason brings up a correct point. We, we could say that about every team in the league right now, but just in Atlanta United's case, keep this in mind too. Um, two of those points were to Nashville. Okay, Nashville's second right yeah. now. Atlanta could have 53. Nashville could have 50. Uh, two of those points are to Philadelphia. Atlanta could have 53, Philadelphia could have 48. So when we're talking about the difference of being at home in the first round or going on the road, um, that's part of the story. Now, here is the good news, and there is some good news. Atlanta United might actually end the weekend higher on the table than they were when they started it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's very interesting, and here's why. Uh, Columbus has scored on a penalty, so at halftime, they're even with D.C. 1-1. That's the result Atlanta United wants or a D.C. loss. That would push D.C. below the playoff line. Uh, The other result that you're now going to want for Atlanta United is for Orlando to lose to Nashville tomorrow. Atlanta United currently, even on points with Orlando, but on goal difference, they have the same number of wins, on goal difference, Atlanta United's fifth, Orlando is sixth. So, believe it or not, Atlanta United could still come out of this weekend in a better position than they were in when they started it. I still think they're going to need to get a result on the road, at at least one result, to clinch. Um, And they do control their own destiny. That's important to point out, too. I've seen some people say, well, they don't control their own destiny anymore. Untrue. They still control their own destiny. As far as getting a home playoff match, I'd have to do the math. I think they do not control their own destiny because... New York City has a really gaudy goal difference right now. Uh, It's possible that New York City could end with 15 wins uh, and 50. Well, actually, if New York City got to 15 wins, then it wouldn't matter. Atlanta United's max wins is 14. So uh, just to put this all in a neat little package, (laughs) Atlanta United still uh, controls its destiny to make the playoffs. They're probably going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, But they have work to do. Atlanta United no longer controls its destiny for a home playoff match, and they're going to need a lot of help to get a home match. It's not impossible, but now they're going to need a lot of help. 
Yeah, they're, they're going to need some results. Now, do keep in mind that NYC and Philadelphia play on decision day at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Nashville with Orlando tomorrow is a tricky game. But getting to fourth with Nashville, NYC, and Philadelphia ahead is going to be very difficult. That Lucas Zellerion penalty in the 45th minute for Columbus is huge. And what gets really interesting is that end of the table, if Columbus is able to come back and win, they get to 44 with Red Bulls on 46 in the last spot. D.C. would then also be on 44. That last spot gets really interesting. And with Orlando, if they don't get a win against Nashville on 47, their decision day matchup is Montreal. in Montreal. Yeah. And that could be a play-in game. It could be. All right. Uh, back with more in a moment. We'll take your questions and comments. Last call. I'm Mike Conti, 929. And at Longshoe, the full-time report continues after this on the new Star 94. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Back with more full-time report on the Rhythm of Atlanta, the new Star 94. All right, lots of questions and comments to get to here on the full-time report as Atlanta United drops another two points at the end of a home match and settles for a 1-1 draw against Toronto. Atlanta United wants to remind you that for each Atlanta United clean sheet this season, they donate $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. This year's donation total currently $18,000 with two matches left. I want to reiterate again, I don't it, this is not even an arguable point folks. Atlanta United does control its playoff destiny still. That is not arguable. That is a no. mathematical fact. If Atlanta United wins their last two matches, they're in the playoffs. They don't need anything else to happen. Um the home match they now do not control their own destiny for. They could get control of that back uh perhaps depending on Actually, now you got to root for Orlando a little bit tomorrow, and that's confusing too because, in a way, you want Orlando to lose their match tomorrow against Nashville. But at, at the moment that we sit right now, Atlanta United does not control their destiny for a home match. Uh, Mike Young asking a question that a lot of people are asking. I know some people are in their cars now. They might not have heard us uh, during the match. They want to know if the Toronto goal was offside. I don't think it was. Um, we did get a look at that one on our monitors, and – Peruzza was offside on the initial ball from Nelson, but it was not played to Peruzza. It wasn't in any way played near him. He doesn't affect the play there. I, I think that's correct for him not to be ruled offside in that portion of it. Dwyer, I think, was on. Atlanta's trying to step out, and, and this just comes back to, I mean, it's a little bit of, of personal preference depending on how you want your team to defend. I'm not a fan in that moment of trying to pull an offside trap. I'm not a fan in that moment of trying to time it correctly, stepping out to catch Dwyer offside. I think it was mistimed. I think Dwyer is on barely and heads it across to Peruzza, who that's the one that I wanted a better angle on. I think he was back in an onside position when Dwyer played it. I think Dwyer's ball was across, not ahead to Peruzza, who was ahead of the ball, which would have put him offside. 
I think he was back on. That's the one I'm not 100% clear based off the replays we saw. But it, it was very close. I think Dwyer was onside in his portion of it. West the King says, I saw passiveness and not taking our chances, especially by Joseph. Well, I'm surprised to say that. He played too passive and not his normal aggression. I didn't see passiveness in the final third. That's not where I would use the, the word passiveness. I did see it after the 60th minute mark where Atlanta, the first 15 minutes of the second half, put everything into putting the game away. And they still had opportunities after that, but it wasn't the same after about the first 15 minutes. I don't think Joseph was passive in the final third in terms of not being aggressive. I think Joseph had one chance that he should have buried, that we're used to him burying. He doesn't bury it. He's a striker. That's what he's, he's judged on. It wasn't a good day at the office for him in that moment. But he also, I think, deferred a lot more than I'm used to seeing. I, I think he was trying to play others in by letting the ball run like a dummy run letting the ball continue to go and it it wasn't in sync and there were times that he did that and there was nobody for the ball to run onto. Nick Lamphere says they fell asleep in the second half they stopped pushing and were very lackadaisical no urgency at all says in all caps this is a completely unacceptable result. It is a completely unacceptable result but the rest of it I disagree with and, and it goes back to the idea that you can have a bad result and not play badly. And to try to find a, a way to explain play the, the bad result here, it's not about a lack of urgency or passiveness. It's two things. It's honestly, it comes down to two things. They created the chances. They had quality chances. The XG measures where the chances are going from. It doesn't, it's not 100% able to measure quality, but Atlanta had quality chances. I don't think anybody's arguing that. They should have found the second goal. You do that, it doesn't matter about anything else. Second goal, game over. It's over. Done. Nothing to worry about. That combined with one moment, not a series of moments, one moment. In the last 20 minutes, Toronto had three shots. In the second half, they had four shots in total. Toronto was in no way dominating the match in the second half. If there's a lack of urgency, well, Toronto then had no urgency either because they were not controlling the play in the second half. They had three shots in the last 20 minutes. Two of them were from 20 yards out plus, and they were right at Brad Gazan. The last one is the one that's the goal. And that is the issue that Atlanta United had more than anything else because you're in the last couple minutes. All you have to do is defend that set piece. Don't give up the set piece to begin with. That's an issue too. But the first portion of the set piece was defended. Franco heads it wide. Atlanta can't get out to win the ball. Nelson plays it back into the back post. And Atlanta tries to step out to catch Dwyer offside rather than just going up and winning the header in that moment and heading it clear and defending. That's what it came down to. It's not about an urgency issue. That's what it came down to. Okay. I'm also seeing a couple of tweets, one from Christopher Gersel, one from Kerry Smith, talking about uh, what they perceive to be a lack of killer instinct by this team. That's a tough one to define. I mean, depending on how you want to frame it, sure, because they didn't find the second goal. Now – Everybody's going to go round and round on this, on how you want to win a game, how you want to see a game out, how you want to secure a win. Atlanta United has tried at times this season to bring on an extra player. Now, I think in the case of the NYC game, you have to include in that conversation Santiago Sosa's injury where he is pulled out of the game and the center of the midfield was falling apart without Sosa's presence. The sub with Sadich for Araujo in that match was not purely 
trying to bring on an extra player to defend. It was to fix a problem that was created by an injury. That is part of that conversation and can't be left out. But there was a lot of criticism of that. And, and Gonzalo Pineda referred to it tonight in his media comments. There was a lot of criticism of bringing on an extra player to defend and see out a lead. So in this case, he brought on one attacking player, and now it didn't work out, and there's why, why, weren't, why aren't there more defensive substitutions? I don't think defensive substitutions were the issue. The killer instinct portion, I can't define that because I'm not inside these players' DNA. You're not. Nobody no. is. No. But when you have to put away a second goal, yes, they, they failed to do that tonight. When you have to defend a set piece in the last few minutes of the match, yes, they failed to do that tonight. Those are moments in killer situations where Atlanta came up short tonight. Now they have, as you went through, as, we, as we've talked about, they have picked up points late in moments. They have dropped points late in moments. They've dropped more points than they've picked up. They're minus six in that category. That's not good. That's something that has to be corrected. I don't think it's an instinct issue, but it is a production issue. 100% because the second goal buries it. Joseph puts that goal away, done. Anybody else puts a goal away, done. If they defend that corner, just head it wide, sit back and defend again on a throw, it's probably done because Toronto wasn't creating a bunch of opportunities at that stage. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll kind of assess where everything is. We'll give you an update on D.C. Columbus. That is a big match now in the grand scheme of things for Atlanta United. And we'll look ahead to Wednesday night at Red Bulls. Atlanta United has never won at Red Bull Arena. Uh, in fact, I think they've only gotten a result there one time, and that was all the way back in 2017. Now, keep in mind, too, Atlanta United had never gotten a result in Toronto until this year, and that was a big result. Uh, but Atlanta United is going to have to get something out of their final uh, two road matches. And we will wrap up the full-time report with a look ahead to that right after this. 1-1 again tonight, Atlanta United and Toronto FC on Star 94. Atlanta, Back with more mess. full-time report yeah. on the Rhythm of Atlanta, the new star, 94. All right, back live of the full-time report. Mike Conti, Jason Longshore, Atlanta United uh, giving up a goal right at the end again of another home match to uh, drop two points and settle for a 1-1 draw against the eliminated Toronto FC. All right, um, <laughs> we've been doing a lot of math uh, here in the booth during the break. And uh, it's still 1-1 in D.C. between D.C. United and Columbus. If you're an Atlanta United fan, you want it to stay right there. Uh, next best result would be a Columbus win. Yeah, you that'd do be not, fine. You don't want D.C. to win. No. Here's the crazy thing. If that score holds or if D.C. doesn't win tonight, and if Orlando loses tomorrow to Nashville, that match is being played in Orlando. But if Orlando loses that match, believe it or not, with the draw tonight, Atlanta United moves up on the table mm -hmm. to fifth. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Now, again, you can look at it as a missed opportunity. Huge missed all, opportunity. All that. But uh, that's the reality. Uh, but, you know, we're looking at the final week of the season now. Atlanta United at Red Bulls Wednesday. That I'm not going to beat around the bush. That's going to be a very, very difficult match for Atlanta United. Red Bulls have not been playing great the last week or two. But Atlanta United's never won at Red Bull Arena before. Then you go to Cincinnati on decision day. And it looks to me... Like, Atlanta United is probably going to have to win in Cincinnati to get into the playoffs. Yes. Uh, it looks to me like the home game is probably unlikely now. Not impossible, but unlikely. Uh, but if Atlanta United gets a win in Cincinnati on decision day, that would almost certainly put them in. 
if they got a result at Red Bulls, that also would put Atlanta United in a very good position because yes. then Nat, uh, Red Bulls have to go to Nashville on decision day. Nashville is not lost at home all year. So yeah. that's where, man, if you could go to Red Bull Arena and scratch out a point Wednesday night. It would be so critical. It would be enormous. It would be so critical because doing the math, and, and this isn't an exact science, but two points should get you in. You're not playing for two points. Please understand, I'm, I'm not advocating in any way to go play for two draws and two games on the road. No, I'm not doing that. But if you get two points, and if you get a point in Red Bull Arena, that puts you on the pathway to that, to where, yes, you're in a pretty good place because Atlanta will be a big favorite in Cincinnati. Cincinnati has been very poor for a while. We're not there yet. First, it's Red Bull Arena, which is a spot that Atlanta United has historically struggled in. It's a spot where they have gotten a point before. It's a long time ago. Long time ago. Long time ago, and it was at the end of the season, and both teams were pretty wiped out from a, a serious run of games in September. It was a scoreless draw um, that Brad Gazan made an incredible save on Bradley Wright Phillips on very late. Atlanta United has to pick up the pace. Now, this is going to be a game, unlike tonight, where it was kind of disjointed at times from Toronto. You know exactly how the Red Bulls are going to play. They're going to press. They're not going to want anything to do with having possession. They're going to play it long and try to press. Atlanta, out of the back, has to be secure. Mateus Osetu doing what he did tonight, passing at 95%, critical against the press of the Red Bulls. Will he do that against the Red Bulls? Probably not because of the pressure. But if he's in the 85% range and you don't have any bad turnovers, Atlanta United will then be able, as they did tonight at times, to break that first line of pressure and run at a kind of pulled-apart back line. That's what they have to look for. But they also, as, as we talked about as this game went on tonight, they have to at times understand the situation. And if it's not on, keep possession. Don't put yourself at risk. This is a game where Atlanta will be walking that tightrope in terms of balance. Tonight, they did a pretty good job of it until they tripped over at the end. At Red Bull Arena... The Red Bulls make it very difficult to stay on that tightrope. Yeah, they sure do. Uh, we're going to be back on Star 94 Wednesday night from Red Bull Arena. 7 o'clock will be the pre-match show. 7.30 will be the kickoff time. We'll also be back on Star a week from tomorrow for Decision Day in Cincinnati. So uh, our next two matches will be right here on Star. Just one final note before we say goodnight. Uh, Nate Silver has a website, 538. I'm sure you're familiar with it by now. They do run... Um, an MLS projection service. What do you got? Do second, you goal, second goal for Columbus. They are up 2-1 okay. at Audi Field. Really good news for Atlanta United. Really good that news for Atlanta United. That news. is massive for Atlanta United. Pedro Santos, 66th minute goal for Columbus. Uh, now, one thing that does, just to complete the picture, is that does keep Columbus alive. But Columbus only has one game left. So does D.C., by the Columbus way. Columbus hosts Chicago right. on decision day. And here's the other piece of good news. Columbus is still three points behind Atlanta yes. United. That then puts into position maybe only a draw in Cincinnati would, would be what you need. Right. Um, but the point I was going to make, and, and Columbus taking the lead actually plays into the point. Nate Silver's 538 uh, runs a projection based on win probability in your final matches, and they still have Atlanta United at a 74% chance to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. That feels about right to me. It does. That they're probably going to make it. There is a not non-zero chance that they might miss. But if Columbus holds on there, 
that is massive. Now, I will also just point out Columbus does play Chicago on decision day. You have to think they're going to get three points there. Yes, Columbus is at home on that one. So that means Atlanta United. This is the big thing. Montreal and Orlando play on decision day. Montreal's probably going to beat Houston on Wednesday. That'll take him to 46. But you know that Orlando or Montreal, one of them's going to drop points at least on decision day. So if that score holds in Columbus, now it looks a little less grave for Atlanta United where maybe all you need would be a draw in one of your final two. Uh, you're not going to be at home, but it's at least going to get you into the show, and then who knows, maybe you get 49 not. points or more I think will guarantee you being in. I think 48 is going to be the line, and there's a scenario where three or four teams are on 48 on decision day yeah. at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, it's going to be wild. And uh, we're looking forward to it Wednesday night up in New Jersey, and that'll be our next broadcast. Engineer tonight, John Kramer, producer Dylan Matthews. For Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. Atlanta United and Toronto again playing to a 1-1 draw tonight. We'll see you on Wednesday here on Star 94. You've been listening to MLS action of our Atlanta United. Right, Tune you. in for complete match day coverage all season long. Our Atlanta United are brought to you by Equifax, The Home Depot, Mercedes-Benz, AT&T, Piedmont Healthcare, and Country Financial. You've been listening to a special presentation of Atlanta United on Star 94.1. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.